Hey all you vampires. Scott West is back and we're here for two more issues of the Tomb of Dracula. We have two more fun issues. Really starting off a really cool storyline here with this uh, chimera. Really looking forward to this one. It's really, really cool. We have a great time with this and then... Uh, you know, we have uh, a wrap-up a month later and then uh, some fun stuff we're going to try in uh, April as well. So uh, look forward to that. But after a quick break here, we'll be right back with the issues. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And with our continuing Tomb of Dracula coverage, I am here with Mr. Scott West. How are you, brother? I am doing good. Glad to be back. Back on our Dracula quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our first recording of uh, 2024 here. You know, a little mm-hmm. peek behind the curtain. And uh, yeah, it's I, I miss talking about Dracula. And, uh, you know, of course, the biggest thing is his insults as well. That's <laughs> I, I miss those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since we did an insults of Dracula. So we're going to break off right into one here uh, before we dive into our two issues for this uh, recording. So. Okay. All the way back to giant size number one. You know, it's been that long since we uh, talked about his insults. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that was the issue where, you know, we saw a little bit of his background with his wife and his uh, uh, child uh, who was, well, one of his children, uh, his daughter, you know, the daughter of Dracula who, uh, you know, hates him. And they, they, they had a big to do in that one. It was a good issue. But uh, mm-hmm. Lil- Lilith was in there. But he called his wife a simpering she-fool. So. Yeah, it's like, wow. And then uh, he called her a wench as well. So Yeah, of course. <laughs> he's not really uh he's not really into that woman, uh, if you can't no. tell. And then he even called Lilith a whimpering child and was like, you know, get her out of here. So mm, Yeah. That's how that's how much he's a that's that's a great family man he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then this really blew my mind. In issues twenty three and twenty four, he only levied one insult in each issue. I couldn't believe it. That's, I, yeah, I'm stunned. He's off his game. Come on, man. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Come on. That's like, that's your biggest superpower there, dude. Come on. Right. (laughs) Smack talking. Yeah. And issue 23, if I remember correctly, that was, uh, you know, the the return of Clifton Graves there, if I recall. He called him a Mm -hmm. mindless fool. So at least he called him a name. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's not surprising. Mm-hmm. And uh, issue 24, uh, I think this was a scene between Frank and Rachel where they were having like a heart to heart. And Frank was like, you know, I know I'm not a real man, so I got to go off and become a real man. And uh, they, he, he was watching from afar and called their scene uh, touching and quite sickening, which I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with him on that, too. Yeah, yeah he's not wrong there. <laughs> so. <laughs> and then issue 25, which is, you know, one of my all-time favorites there. That was the one with the uh, introduction of Hannibal King there. He used mm-hmm. his uh, favorite fool twice to call uh, Hannibal King. And then he also called him Little Man, too. So yeah, oh. that's, a, that's that's a tough one to swallow if uh, somebody calls you Little Man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then he also uh, levied human scum on uh, some of the people in that one as well. <laughs> that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Giant Size 2 now, he uh, he ramped it up a little bit there. He called uh, these triad uh, pe- person a blood-sucking fool. That was okay. the one with, uh, you know, uh, Kate Chelm, that, that triad, that uh, right. old old Amos guy. I think Kate referred to him as a smelly old man, which was fantastic. Yeah. 
seemed uncalled for, but okay. Yeah, and then at one point he called Chelm Little Man, which I love it, because Chelm deserves that. That one, yeah, he's got that one coming. And he told Kate to cease her babbling at one point as well. And then uh, <laughs> when he went into the old uh, Dier mansion there to... Uh, you know, fight the the, the big uh, the big boss at the end of the video game. There, he mm. called that uh, Anthony Dier guy a little man. And then I think isn't that when he threw that spear into him and was like, "If I had more time, I'd impale you properly." I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that was it. You know, which for those out there that don't know, that means he was going to shove it up his arse. So, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right up the arse and right through the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> mm. And then he also said he had a coward's body as well, Dier. So I'm like, wow, that's a, another one. It's like, geez, how is your body cowardly? I don't know about yeah. that one, Dracula. <laughs> and he also yelled, yelled at poor Kate, too. Silence, woman. Which isn't really an insult, but, man, he's it's it's insulting to say that. So yeah. I threw, threw that one in there just for kicks as well. And then, I agree with that. <laughs> in 26, which was, you know, the last issue we covered, you know, right before we're getting into this uh, recording here, he uh, called uh, the townspeople mindless wretches and scum right. as well. Okay. Um, and then he uh, used the fools as well. And when he, you know, referred to someone as fools, it was, you know, like I said, where we left right off, which is he uh, is looking for this chimera, which is mm-hmm. this statue with these different uh, body parts of these different animals. And it's this, you know, uh, it looks almost like it's made out of, like, jade, possibly. And it's some kind of, like, cipher for power that can, you know, make him even more powerful than he already is. So he's looking for it to use it to take over the world or do whatever he wants, you know, vampirize everybody. But, you know, there are other people looking for it as well. And it was at the, you know, a shop, like, almost like an antique shop or something of these two uh, Jewish gentlemen, a father and a son. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he was a little late getting there. And, um you know, eventually he made his way to this uh, residence where he's like, I can feel his power here. And he made his way inside and uh, uh, he got trapped and he got trapped in a room with all these steel walls that were enough to hold him in. And a like crazy little contraption like panel opened up from the ceiling and uh, holy water started blasting in through this uh, panel yeah. in the ceiling that opened. So he kind of looks like he's a, a little SOL here in this uh, spot, but. You know, he's Dracula, so I'm not sure, right? <laughs> right. But it's a great, <laughs> great cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. So why don't we just dive right into uh, Tomb of Dracula number 27, and this one was uh, cover dated December 1974. Uh, it's got a uh, Gil Kane and Tom Palmer cover with, you know, maybe some uh, alterations by Romita, which, you know, we like. You know, he likes to get a redraw faces sometimes. And uh, then we have letters by Gaspar Saladino. So what do you think of this cover? Uh, I love the cover. I think it's really striking. Um, if slightly misleading, maybe. Um, it says, and the moon spews death. And uh, I don't know that the moon has anything to do with it, but um, it sounds cool. And then underneath it says, city in flames beneath the hand of a vampire. And that's that's fairly accurate. And you got Dracula... Looking like he's performing some kind of magic, and uh, I don't know how to describe this exactly. It looks like a full moon, but with a fiery image of maybe like a, well, I guess that's the chimera, Mm -hmm. but it kind of looks like a lion with a dragon's tail or something. Um, But it's all in fire, and there's fire coming out of where its mouth would be, and uh, there's a city below Dracula and a woman cowering behind him. Um, what, and he's got a crazed look on his face. What I really like is how the 
cape is drawn because it mm-hmm. looks it's sort of swooping up behind him, but it kind of looks like bat wings more than a cape. Um, looks pretty cool, and I like the colors, the reds and and yellows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this color uh, cover quite a bit. I wish I had this single issue because you know the the trade it looks great in the trade, but I just feel like sometimes uh, the artwork and everything looks a little bit better in the single issues, especially yeah. if they're in decent shape. But yeah, fantastic, and you know of course it's got the uh, corner box. Uh, aka corner circle of uh, Dracula up there too with his hands up gesturing so yeah to me this is a great cover I just uh, I got no beef with it uh, love it uh, yeah. really really like this cover and I think you know on Grand Comics database it, it says the woman on the cover is Sheila Whittier so I'm not sure I, I feel like you know they draw her Jean draws her a little differently but uh, yeah. we can just go with it that's what I was assuming but she does look a little different inside but mm-hmm. that's okay yeah. Yeah, and for any yeah, and for anybody, you know, Sheila, she jumped aboard a few issues ago. She owned a big mansion, and Dracula was going there to kind of take it over, and he right. just couldn't find it in himself to bite her, kill her, and take it over. And you know, she was being harassed by this sicko, demonic presence of a uncle slash father, possibly. Yeah, that, it's really yeah, it weird. Was, it was kind of yeah, it was kind of disgusting, and uh, you know she she's you know kind of like a was like a poor soul that he actually you know took pity on and almost seemed mm-hmm. like he was kind of into her as well, and we know she was into him. She thought of him as her her man. Yes, yeah, to the <laughs> point where she's uh, as we'll see in this. Well, we saw in the last issue in this one, um, she's kind of helping him um, undercover slightly. Mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, kind of doing his bidding, but I don't think she's hypnotized. I think she's doing it because she actually is is into him. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. You're you're absolutely right there. But uh, all right, well let's you know jump in here. So this one is uh, called Nightfire, uh, and it's a script: Marv Wolfman, pencils: Gene Colan, inks: Tom Palmer, colors: Linda Lessman, letters: John Costanza. And uh, <laughs> Grand Comics Database, uh, quite the uh, heady synopsis here by saying. Dracula continues his pursuit of the Chimera statue. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take it from here, I guess. <laughs> we can add to that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So right away on the splash page, it picks up exactly where the uh, last issue left off. Like I said, with this uh, opening in the ceiling and this water pouring in on Dracula, a lot of exposition on this page. But even that being mm-hmm. said, I, I still like this page. What do you think of this splash? Uh, I like it, too. You got... Dracula in a rare, um, a rare moment of uh, actually looking scared for for himself here. He's sort of clinging to the wall, and um, yeah, as the water's pouring in from uh, the hatch in the ceiling, he's definitely not happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he he looks really pissed, and he says, "Trapped in an inescapable room with an endless torrent of holy water gushing towards me, but there must be some way out, some path to escape. There must be." And you know, I really love these panels on uh, page two here, yeah, especially that. Yeah. What do you think of that close up? And then the next panel mm-hmm. there. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The close up of his face. Uh, shout out to the colorist for this issue, too, because uh, he's the Dracula's face kind of purple, but his eyes are like red, but black with white spots. Um, I guess light shining in them, the reflection and then also the the bat. Not a usual uh, Gene Colan bat transformation, but you get the close-up of the face with the bat right in front of it, so you, you understand what's going on. Uh looks awesome. Mm, yeah, and as he's in bat form, he says, 
An escape. Yes, there is one, but only one. One almost as deadly as the burning touch of the holy water itself. For there is no margin of error permissible, no element of surprise allowable, but to fail to take the risk means certain death indeed, and Dracula must never die again. And he's just going to swoop up there in bat form and try to wiggle his way between the opening and the well, holy water pouring in, which turns out to be not the greatest idea. Yeah, you know, at first when I when I read this page, I was like, uh, I was a little disappointed because I was like, oh, he's just going to turn into a bat and then turn into mist and just float out and that's it after all that buildup. But it turns out, like you said, maybe not the greatest idea because he still gets hit by the water and man, he suffers some damage. He takes some hits from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes out of there and his hands are to his face and and he says, no, the pain, the accursed water uh, jumped at, fairly jumped at me, laughing as it seared away at my flesh and bone. And then it shows him and his face is burned up pretty bad. And he says, but I will not submit to the pain. You hear that? You hear that? Dracula will not crumble before your power. I cannot let the pain yeah. overwhelm me. I must not. And he looks like he's going to try to, like, get to the window. But then he slumps face down as if, you know, they've th- these people – if they are there, caught him because the whole time he was walking through this place to where he got, you know, uh, cornered there and, and trapped, there was a voice calling to him, talking to him. And I don't know if that was supposed to be somebody. We never saw a person. Uh, so right. we don't know if it was somebody from like, you know, a remote uh, area and then like, you know, some kind of like device in there that was like just a speaker or if there was somebody in there. We, we have no clue about that yet. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're, we're eventually going to find out here. But, you know, right yeah. away we uh, we go to Brazil. And uh, a plane <laughs> lands, and we see uh, Chastity, uh, Chastity Jones, and yep. uh, we also see uh, our buddy the goon Frank, and then his buddy Danny here that we only ever saw one time in Tomb of Dracula number work? one. Yeah. Yeah, and Danny was uh, refusing to give Frank any money when Frank was in some dire straits, but uh, apparently he wants Frank's help here for something going on in Brazil, which uh, sounds kind of seedy, right? Yeah, this whole thing. <laughs> It's pretty sketchy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I do like that uh, the whole reason Frank was talked into going is because he, although he's supposed to be on some kind of sabbatical trying to better himself so that he can be with Rachel, um, his whole reason for going was this strange woman just basically walks up to him and starts making out with him and says, hey, let's go to Brazil. Um mm-hmm. So he gets, they get off the plane, and Danny immediately just comes up to Chastity and plants one right on her. And Frank is in the background. He says, hey, you forgetting me, Danny? <laughs> we're kind of like, okay, we, we see who's going to be in charge here because, yeah, Frank is mm-hmm. still just being Frank. <laughs> yep, he's still second fiddle to whoever's <laughs> around. And <laughs> the two of them talk, and he does say to him, look, man, I loaned you some money. Or some bread when you asked, but I was kind of tight myself. Understand, Frankie, and it references again to Dracula number one. And he yeah. says, "But let's forget about those days, Frankie boy. It's onward and upward now, baby. Uh, this guy is ridiculous, and he has these ridiculous sunglasses on too." And he says, "You see, pal, I want you to head up Summer Inc. for me down here in Brazil, K okay, pal." And uh, it's like, he's just kind of being like real cocky towards Frank. I I mean, and Frank, it's not like Frank doesn't deserve it either because he's a goon, but I just really can't stand this guy. (laughs) 
yeah, it only took what three, four panels to be like, oh yeah, this guy's slimy. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And then uh, we uh, we switch back to the uh, Quincy Harker residence, and he and Rachel are there, and of course Saint, and uh, you hear another new gadget, Quincy, and he says. A revolutionary new device, my dear, a radar unit set to home in on vampires. But I sense you aren't truly interested in tracking units, Rachel. Is it Mr. Drake? And she says, I don't know, Quincy. I just don't understand what's happening to us now. And he says, pardon an old man's and his brashness, my dear, but I know how deeply you care for our Mr. Drake. And I've seen the way he looks at you in love and in awe at the same time. And as she's petting Satan here, she says, Maybe that's the problem, Quincy. Frank is too blasted much in awe of me. Frank's a proud man. I thought, really? But what? Yeah, right. But he's never, uh, <laughs> he's never amounted to much of anything. He's never held a job. He's never trained himself for one. He was rich from the day he was born to the day he squandered away his last silver spoon. He envies me, Quincy. He envies my independence, my intellect, and he hates himself for what he thinks he isn't, and for what he thinks I am. And I thought, but she's not wrong there. That's pretty much accurate. Uh, it's very accurate, and I it illustrates why I've never understood why Rachel has any interest in Frank at all. Because <laughs> yeah. she's pretty cool. She's kind of a badass, and, uh, yeah, Frank's pretty worthless. <laughs> yeah, she's a gorgeous woman, too. That last panel there is really fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And then uh, <laughs> flip the page, and uh, Quincy says, nothing to look back to with pride and nothing to look forward to with hope. Robert Frost, my dear, and uh, perhaps Frank's sojourn from us will bring him the hope he needs. And I thought, if you only knew, Quincy, he's yeah, like right. you know, running around with a, yep. some some skank and a guy that's treating him like a piece of crap. I don't see how that's going to help him be a man. But okay, no, he's not up for a good start. <laughs> uh, and then now we switch to outside London and a, a little Volkswagen uh, bug here, and it's uh, blasting down the road. And we see, uh, you know, uh, our, our buddy here, uh, Joshua Eschel and uh, Sheila Whittier, who, you know, like you kind of uh, made reference to it earlier when uh, we were talking about this, where um, Sheila seems to be helping Dracula. And again, not because he's hypnotized, but because he's her man and she's into him. So yeah. she's going to try to help him by helping David or I'm sorry, not David, uh, Joshua Eschel here. Mm-hmm. Um uh, find the rest of the piece of the chimera and like, you know, put it back together again, like Humpty Dumpty so they can use it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, poor Dracula here. He says, Ugh, the pain is gone, but the tiredness remains. <laughs> he goes, hold, right. where, where am I? This isn't the room where I was last. Now, why did I come here? And we see a gentleman on a phone saying, I've returned as you ordered, sir. And you hear enter then. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, see the guy say, I did what you want, something me, sir. And uh, this uh, sir says, I did. You claim to find only one section of the chimera after you killed Eschel. And he says, he held on too tightly to the other part, sir. Then his son fought us off. And this uh, person says, so why is his son seeking two missing sections, fool? Why then does he only carry the serpent's tail? And his voice looks like it's just coming from like a computer console, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one of those great, like, giant, <laughs> like, Star Trek-looking uh, computer consoles with mm-hmm. screens. But he's not on a screen that just has that sort of uh, jaggedy word balloon thing going on that indicates, uh, like, an electronic voice. So, yeah, we mm-hmm. still don't know. 
Yeah, and then he says there are discrepancies, and I believe you can correct them. And the guy says, but I'm telling the truth. I believe me, sir. And he goes, we shall see as the floor slides open under you. And he goes, what? And he goes, oh, <laughs> acid, my friend. That is what you will greet you. That's what will greet you should you the floor slide open until it retracts totally to the wall. Unless you tell me the truth where the second section of the goat's body. And he goes, okay, I'll talk. It's in a safe deposit box. Chelsea Bank, number 1264. I'm telling you the truth. Now, please stop the floor from opening, please. And what happens? Uh, well, the voice says, <laughs> I am sorry, fool. And he's stealing Dracula's thunder there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he just keeps opening the floor, and the guy goes down into the acid, and the last thing we see is uh, his hat. <laughs> and a scream. Aye! And then the voice says, but I never make deals with traitors. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so whoever this guy is, he's not screwing around. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, we get this other scene here with this uh, beautiful Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, the voice says, May Lee, I have an assignment for you. She says, whatever is your wish, my lord. And he says, a safe deposit box. I wish it brought to me tonight. She says, then it shall be, my lord. Is there anything else? No, May Lee, nothing more. Thank you, my lord. And uh, so now he's got some kind of like crazy Asian woman assassin type here on right. uh, on, the, on the case as well, which is uh, kind of interesting. I, I like it. And mm-hmm. but, you know, again, we're switching back to outside London. A lot going on here. You know, what I mean, it's, it's there's like three plot lines going on here, really, that really enter yeah. like will end up at the same place. But it's really cool. And it's a uh, uh, our buddy. Uh, I'm sorry. I think now I'm really messing up here. I do think the son <laughs> is David and the dad was Joshua and the dad's okay, dead. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. crap. Yeah, I knew as soon as we started talking about that last issue, I was like, I'm going to keep messing this up because Joshua sounds like a younger person and David sounds right. like a But no, nope, this is David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was with you, too. <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, they pull into a place and uh, they're having a little bit of a discussion here. And, you know, Sheila's basically saying, like, you know, hey, I'm going to help you out here. Uh, mm-hmm. David says, how can a piece of carved stone have the powers of God? Is it real or is it just some golden calf? And Sheila says, your father was killed for it, David, and men don't hunt shadows. And then really cool panel here at the bottom where we see Sheila and then there's uh, some exposition and then, you know, like a, a surprint of like Dracula there on her forehead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's she's being a little introspective here. And it says, are you so sure, Sheila Whittier, you who have been hunting for the love of a man who isn't even a man but an unliving demon for whom love is nothing, nothing more than an emotion to be toyed with? Yeah, she's uh, she's starting to question, I think, and we're going to see a little more of that. But, yeah, it's a cool the way they did it, Dracula's face sort of hovering over her face. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right on cue, uh, Dracula oh. appears <laughs> in the roadway. and <laughs> Yeah, right in um, front of the car. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, David says, Sheila, there's something, someone in the lights blocking the road. And uh, it's him, Lord. It's him, Vlad. And. Uh, Dracula's there, and he goes, Sheila Whittier, that I've returned to London, but how? How? And she says, uh, your face, I've seen it before. Oh, I'm sorry, that's David that says that, your yeah. face, I've seen it before. And you were at my father's shop after he died, I'm sure of it. Who are you? And he says, Miss Whittier's uh, employer, Mr. Eschel. Didn't she mm-hmm. tell you she was from the museum? And he says, she said something about my father contacting them for verification. But now that I think about it, it doesn't make sense. He wanted secrecy concerning the chimera. Why didn't he even tell me about it until the night he died? Now, one more time, who are you? And he says, 
I am what you see before you, Mr. Eshel, nothing less. And he says, my father taught me that the eye is not satisfied with seeing. And in your case, I sense you are far more than what you appeared to be. And this is where uh, Dracula starts to get pissed off. Like, uh, I don't have to keep explaining myself to you, punk. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's pretty much had it. Uh, he says, you deal with philosophies, Mr. Eschel. I with realities. You search for the chimera for its potential. I for its power. Your father knew of its power, knew how tempting it could become. Yet he failed to see beyond that, almost as if he, too, were afraid of temptation. I am afraid of nothing. That's a real <laughs> cool, moody uh, shot of his face there. And again, shout out to the colorist, because just doing a heck of a job. Yeah, and then David says, nothing. And he says, nothing. <laughs> when you lose your fear of death, what else is there to be afraid of? Eh. Enough with the, the semantics. Give me the tailpiece, and I shall show you the wonder it can bring. And he's like, I don't know if I should. And he says, give it to me, Eshel. And he gives it to him. And, you know, hearkening back to the cover here with this scene now, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to see some of the power of the chimera. And uh, like I told you when we were chatting just before <laughs> we started recording, I'm not going to pretend to really understand how this chimera thing works, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously incredibly powerful. and It's going to get really crazy here in a minute so but yeah the, mm -hmm. he's basically he's he's bringing up that fire i guess a chimera fire chimera in the sky and it's just laying waste and it looks yeah cool. <laughs> yeah so there's lighting the place on fire that they're at and, and david's like stop it stop it have you gone mad for god's sake stop it and i guess you know just to put it in the most simplistic terms the chimera to me it kind of just seems like a genie you know, where you could just, it can, it'll do whatever you want it to. Okay. I can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and here's something interesting. Yeah. So all the way over in, uh, Jajpur, India. Yes. Uh, we see, uh, our buddy Taj and his friend that's driving him around here and they see this chimera as well. And it somehow catches their Jeep on fire. Yeah. That's kind of wild. <laughs> To say the least. <laughs> I'm not sure how that happens, but uh, it happens. I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it knocks him, blows him, like, right off the road. Yeah, and I think his buddy's name is Ramon, which is kind of weird, because I feel like Ramon is more of a Hispanic name, not an Indian name, but yeah, I don't that's know. that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but, well, whatever, man, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, this is, we'll just roll with it here. And, and then uh, Dracula says, you see, Eshel, the power that even this one section possesses. Imagine the complete statue. And he says, my father was right. It's too powerful for any man. And Dracula, which his face looks a little weird there in that bottom panel, and middle panel on the – it just looks – I don't know what's going on there. It just looks a little different, but I like what he says. Your father was a fool. He could not accept true wisdom. <laughs> but that is neither here nor there. We need two further sections of the chimera. And he says, Sheila suggested we use this part to find the others, but it doesn't work. And he goes, of course it wouldn't, Claude. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, here, here, here we go. And he says, yeah. uh, we need a virtual army to aid us in our search, an army that I can provide. And wow, why, do you, why don't you talk on this page here? Holy uh, crap. I mean, yeah, okay. Well, this was – my favorite page probably because now we're just full on it, we're in a horror comic and this is the horror first you get a another awesome close-up of dracula's face 
Uh, and he says, rise from your soulless graves, my slaves. Dracula, Lord of the Undead, commands it. And then we switch to uh, Highgate Cemetery. And it's basically one of my favorite horror tropes always is to see uh, the living dead crawling out of their graves. And uh, it's creepy. So, yeah, you get you see the cemetery. You got some, like, tombstones kind of leaning, getting knocked over, and you got one, two, two guys in the background, one in the sort of uh, in the middle of the scene, and then you get a hand right in the foreground coming out of the ground. And it's creepy, and it's cool, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like full-on uh, George Romero here. Uh, these yep. these uh, zombies are, you know, I, I guess they're, they probably have to be, you know, vampiric because uh, he's commanding them. And, and we yeah. do get a get a, a look at this guy. We've seen this guy before, Horatio Toombs, uh, mm-hmm. like we've said before. Uh, it's a fantastic last name for a grave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he's just, you know, minding his own business. And uh, he oh, I love this dialogue. So there he was, Paul, with his night taking Marook. Boy, was flaming mad, of course. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> but three moves later, oh, he took his ruddy queen and, and was in blinking trouble, mate, and bad, eh? <laughs> And then, eh, someone out there? Oi. <laughs> Who is it, mate? <laughs> and it's a zombie that, uh, you know, we know is going to kill him. And yes. uh, how about this next page as well? So uh, oh, he, man. whoever this poor sap is that he's playing chess with, a hand reaches in and grabs the guy by the scarf like it starts choking him. And then, yeah. oh, oh, man, what about these next few panels here? Yeah, it's full on just a... Uh slaughter they they come through the window they come through the doors um they're just overwhelming i don't know how many there are but uh, probably the whole cemetery full of uh, zombie vampire things and uh it's pretty brutal and then you get the uh so he has a a parrot there (laughs) (laughs) so you get the uh the parrot just starts squawking in terror itself and then you get another great kind of upshot not quite a close-up but um kind of underneath of one of those zombie vampire things like looks like it's coming at us but i guess it's getting the uh parrot there which is kind of sad (laughs) yeah the, the caption boxes read the first hand shatters the glass, and a broken window shard splits Horatio Tomb's neck in half. Oh, God. That's right. Yeah. I should have read it out loud. Dear God. <laughs> so even before the hordes of slavering undead can claim him, the quiet custodian is dead, and his yeah. blood drips onto a stone slab floor. And then, hungrily, one blood-denied vampire turns seeking any victim to quench its inhuman thirst, and spying the frightened parent inside licks its lips, and laps up whatever little blood there is. I'm like, holy God. Uh, <laughs> it's a little, nasty. Yeah, it's a little more gruesome than Marv's usually going, but I'm here for it. This is what I love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going like full EC here. I like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then Dracula just says, my legion shall comb this area for us, Eschel, for this stone, as you call it, has magnified my mysteriously waning powers to the point I can maintain controls of my minions even at this distance. So it's like amping up his powers just to be holding the tail of this chimera, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I like that idea. Mm, and then he says, you look bewildered, Eschel. Did not my trusted companion tell you what I am? And he goes, what are you? 
And uh, he goes, I am not even sure who I am anymore. Ever since my father was killed, I feel like I've been tossed into some mad game with two other players who know the rules while I haven't been told what we're playing. All I know is that I've been made the fool, the total fool, and I don't like it one bit. And Dracula uh, says to him, <laughs> indeed, Eshel, you have been the fool. As much of one has any to serve the king of darkness, king of vampires. And vampires? But that's impossible. Hardly impossible, Eshel. I am one, and I am no movie monster. I am Dracula, David Eshel, prince of evil, master of the undead. <laughs> I always love it's movies and, and comics and books and stuff where a character's been dealing with the most outrageous insane supernatural stuff like he's already seen this fiery thing in the sky like shooting bur burning down a house and everything and then when dracula says he's a vampire he says vampires that's impossible oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well it's great because then dracula just full-on is like i am the deliverer of your death and sheila kind of sticks up for him she says you can't mean that dracula he's done nothing wrong mm -hmm. and dracula he has done everything wrong my dear sheila his very possession of life is his crime. Yeah. Jeez. I posted that panel earlier today because I was like, oh, that's so that's so Dracula. <laughs> that's so great. And he goes, uh, David says, you're the one who's mad. There aren't any vampires. This isn't medieval Europe. This is London, 20th century England. Dracula says, they say that hell is a city much like London, Eshel, are not both teeming with endless insanities. And, you know, Sheila kind of tries to stop him, but Dracula, yeah. you know, she kind of like faints. And I guess he just puts her to the ground, and he goes after David, smashes his head against the ground. But here's where, you know, this probably was the first time I ever saw this, and I, I'd never thought about it up until this point. I know it does happen in uh, some X-Men comics later on, like in the early 80s, where, you know, David's a, a Jewish guy, so he has a star of David, and he gets it out, and it, even that can you know, ward off uh, Dracula here. So basically, you know, mm -hmm. whatever your religious symbol is, it can, uh, you know, it can keep him at bay, you know, uh, obviously, especially I think if you have the faith in it, right? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It was, um, yeah, it's not something that's done often. I think it has been toyed with a little bit. I have a vague memory of, uh, what's that Roman Polanski movie? Um, he did a vampire oh, movie. Uh, Can't remember yeah. now. I, th I think they might toy with it in that movie a little um mm -hmm. but yeah it totally works and uh dracula says because even even david is like kind of unsure of it it was more mm -hmm. like lex i think and then dracula's repelled but he says uh symbols of all gods repulse me eschel your ridiculous version and all others <laughs> so <laughs> i love it <laughs> all of them yeah <laughs> yeah well he, he like really starts to i wonder if somebody got like you know, uh, from that uh, oh, Scientology, and if I like waved like an L. Ron Hubbard novel in front of him, if that would, if that would well, ward him off. If somebody's off. waving a Scientology thing at me, I'm probably going to run away too. So. That's, that's true. I was going to say, I might clobber them, but I shouldn't say that. But um, yeah, so Dracula, this is interesting. He actually starts to kind of, uh, you know, I think he realizes as long as David's holding that and has some, you know, kind of like, you know, real, like, he's on his guard. Dracula's in some trouble here. So he starts kind of basically talking to him and saying, like, your god isn't real, and what about all these things that go on in the world and these terrible things? And he really starts to, you know, say a lot of stuff that, you know, makes David pause for a second here. And it doesn't take him, obviously, more than a second. And then he, he pounces on him, and he says, I am finished with you now, Eshel, and so I now give you the kiss 
of death. But, you know, he still has his Star of David, and he uh, basically manages in this last page here, you know, very climactic page, to, uh, you know, touch his face with it, and it burns his face really bad, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great. He's screaming. He's uh, He says, my face, blast you. My face is burning. You'll pay for this, Eshel. By all hell shall you pay. And, yeah, it totally worked. I really like that section, by the way, um, because we see Dracula. It, Dracula in the comics, in this comics, kind of a man of action. He's do, He does a mm-hmm. lot of physical uh, <laughs> well, he's got that backhand that he really likes to employ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he can throw people really well, but he's using like psychology here, and it's it's pretty cool. He like gets into David's mind. I I really like uh, Marv's writing in, in that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good because, like you said, typically he would just you know either flee if he thought he was at a disadvantage, or he would you know you know, turn into miss or he would just do, he would not do mm-hmm. this. And this, this is really yeah. good. I feel like it shows some really good, you know, character progression here for Dracula. Yeah, I think so too. I really dig it. Yeah. Kudos but, to Mark. Yeah, for sure. But because of uh, his face getting burned, he, he does drop the, the piece of the chimera, the tail mm-hmm. and yeah. Dave goes to pick it up, but we get, he gets interrupted. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of mooks here, and one says, that's enough, kid. Don't move. Don't dare move. <laughs> Drop that tail now, kid, or your girlfriend here will get it. And you just and you just a second later. And uh, yeah. the, the other mook has her with a pistol, and she's like, David. And there's Dracula with his hands to his face and the tail of the chimera laying there. Oh, it's a really, really good last page. And then there's a, you know, Marv sends us off also with a, uh, a really good uh, uh, caption box here as well, does he not? Oh, yeah. It says, perhaps not the kindest place to leave our story this issue, for the action begins on our very next page. Don't dare miss madness of the mind. Perhaps the most frighteningly different Dracula story ever in our next soul-searing issue. <laughs> awesome. I love the high, yeah, I love the hyperbole. You can bring I it do, on. too. Bring it on. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, that was that was a really good issue, man. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was super cool. It's the artwork, Gene's artwork's super moody in this one. Um, yeah, you got several things going on. He's he's really building up the story. Um, like you said, some character growth even, which is super cool. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. Uh that's that's uh that's it for 27. So why don't we uh bounce over to 28 here and this All is right. uh Tomb of Dracula, number 28, uh, cover date of January 1975. Came out sometime in October 1974, though, on the stands, actually. And again, we have a Gil Kane and Tom Palmer cover, uh, you know, and then Gaspar Saladino uh, letters as well. And okay, so this is a huge, huge uh, uh, swerve here on the cover. We will just say that now, and then we'll we'll get into the actual facts inside (laughs) the book here. But just uh, just as it is, uh, what do you think of this cover? Just as it is, I love it. It's another killer cover. I think this one's great. You got Dracula up against a wall, and um, something that doesn't happen, has not happened in all 27 issues so far, or in, in Giant Size, um, Rachel's crossbow is actually hitting Dracula. <laughs> Everybody take a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, yeah, we, you know what? Wait, actually, oh, yeah. for it for it actually hitting him, we usually take a drink when it misses. We should just do like a <laughs> bong hit now that it actually hit him. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, you got we've got uh here are all of our uh vampire hunters assembled in in one group at the bottom of the page. You got Blade off to the side with his uh wooden knives drawn. You got Quincy, Rachel, uh Frank and Taj and we know some of these people are not been around lately. So what's going on with this cover? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, two things that stood out to me. Uh, Frank actually looks tough, which we know is not true. So <laughs> this, this must be a robot. And uh, Taj, uh, you know, if this was uh, our buddy Tom Palmer uh, coloring this one, uh, you know, I have to give him a, a point off for this one because Taj is looking pretty white there. So. Yeah, I agree. He's <laughs> a bit pale here. <laughs> and honestly, Quincy kind of looks like he's just uh, maybe an old guy that's getting ready to go fishing. But um Mm -hmm. but but we can tell who everybody's supposed to be so (laughs) (laughs) oh fantastic so all right well let's uh jump into madness in the mind uh script uh, marv wolfman pencils gene colon inks tom palmer colors petra goldberg that's one of those names i love to see it's that's a Mm -hmm. great name and letters ray holloway which i will say uh i don't know much about ray holloway and i just kind of uh, talked about an issue of the brave and the bold uh, earlier this actual same morning with okay. um, uh, Mark Gray. And we were both kind of like, Hmm, like, I think we've seen that name before. We didn't know much uh, about him. So he did a quick little Google search on him and said that, uh, you know, he has a lot of credits, you know, Marvel DC, this one, that one. And that actually he had been uh, lettering even into the silver age. And that uh, actually he's a, oh, you know, wow. a, a black man, African-American man. I was like, wow. Because oh. you know, there weren't there weren't a lot of uh, people of color mm-hmm. in comics back then. They're they very few and far between. So that yeah. was really interesting. I thought I'm gonna look, look this guy up and learn more about him for sure. Yeah, hey, right on. Yeah, I don't know anything about him either. So that's cool to know. So um, the the little synopsis here on the Grand Comics database it kind of gives something away here uh, that doesn't even happen. I don't think clearly in this issue either. So I'm gonna not say that. I'm just gonna say you know Dracula battles uh, these unseen forces. And the Chimera statue is destroyed. So we'll okay. ju- we'll just roll that way because the the, the person that wrote the, that little synopsis actually did a, a giveaway here. Like they gave mm-hmm. away something that we don't even find out yet in this issue because okay. although uh, cer- certain things look to kind of wrap up in this, you know, basically third issue of this story, twenty six, twenty seven, and now we're at twenty eight. Mm-hmm. There's there, there's still kind of like a prologue, but it happens in uh, the next issue, and that's where you kind of find out some more stuff. So. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get there, but splash page, we're, we're going to start out with Taj in India and, you yes. know, he's here talking with his wife and I really like this splash page. It's, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I like it too. Uh, they're in the, in, in her house. She's, uh, in her wheelchair in the foreground. Taj looking moody, leaning up against a, a pole. There's a dog in the background. I always like to see a dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm happy at, starting with the Taj story because I've really been curious about what is going on. He's kind of, Marv's been teasing little tiny bits of info and uh, now we're finally getting to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are going to get into it uh, in grand fashion right here in these yeah. first couple of pages. And yeah. you know, his wife uh, is talking to him and of course uh, he's not responding because he's mute, but mm-hmm. he does have like a bit of a somber look on his face. And then, you know, when she begins to cry, he does uh, put his hand to her chin and uh, then does uh, kiss her, and she says, Taj, please, no more, my love. Our son, our son, you may have forgotten how he was, how he still is. There has been no change, no change at all. And 
that page ends with a, a shocked look on Taj's mm. face, and it says, you are uncertain of the meeting in your wife's words as you stare through the bamboo curtain, but you are not unsure of what you see that makes you sick. And, man, wow, speak on this oh. next page. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, this is one of those great, perfectly timed, you turn the page and you go, oh, my God. I actually, um, they got me. I had no idea what was going on with Taj's son. And you turn the page, and basically you see, uh, well, it says, well, should I describe the picture or just read the captions? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you see a a child, I guess, tied to a bed. This will give it all away. Um, There looks like be like uh, strings of garlic wrapped around him and pints of blood on a table next to him and at least two crucifixes in the room. Uh, and he's staring up at the ceiling with blood red eyes. So that pretty much gives it all away. Um, but the writing's great too. It says your son lays there bound by cloves of garlic, canisters of blood pump life through his half dead veins while crucifixes of a religion you do not believe in hang on mud caked walls. Protect, pro, uh, protecting an outside world from the hellish wrath that is in your child. He moans, this boy of yours, his voice is heavy, guttural, and laden with venomous bile, and you back away from the youth you helped give birth to. Oh, man. Yeah, it's Oof. gnarly. <laughs> yeah, this was an awesome reveal. Like, they went full on, like, exorcist here. This is great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he totally looks yeah. scary. This kid looks scary. Yeah, I would not want to run into this kid. And I do, I did uh, at, at first glance, you don't notice it, but, you know, they do have uh, the, the, you know, the, the thing put in his arm there. The I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of the, 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 the doctor term. Yeah. yeah, an IV in his arm yep. there with the blood. It's <laughs> yeah. super, super creepy. It's like, uh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man. And, you know, they, the two of them are in, in tears about it. And, his wife says, Taj, the villagers are afraid of him now. They fear one day he'll break free of his restraining bonds, and they now refuse to give him the blood he needs to live. They want him dead. Taj, my husband, my love, in the morning they want to kill him to burn his body to ash. To my God, Taj, he is my son. He is my son. Please don't let them take him. So that's where they move away from this. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're a really, really good job here by Marva. You know, mm-hmm. with the, the, the pacing, the plotting, and then just being able to switch from one scene to another. And, you know, speaking to another scene, uh, we're back outside of London, and we see uh, Dracula, you know, who had uh, the last we'd seen of him. He had his, uh, you know, face burned with the um, mm-hmm. Star of David. And he was, you know, when he wasn't in uh, possession of the tale of the Chimera, he did speak of his powers waning a little bit as well. You yeah. know, we don't know why other than maybe from the burning from the holy water. And then now the the star of David. So he's on the ropes a little here, and he's also trussed up. And well, mm-hmm. there's a, a room full of people here. There's that May Lee. Yep. She's got a pistol. And we see the Chimera as a whole now. And there's uh, David and Sheila as well. And there's someone speaking, and we don't see who this is. Again, it's this uh, you know mysterious uh, villain, or I shouldn't say villain, you know, technically because you know Dracula's a villain too. So you know <laughs> his 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 counterpart here talking right. about him, he says. So you have all awakened. Very good. You are in time to see the wonderment of the chimera completed. At last I hold the lion's head, the goat's body, and serpent's tail as they were meant to be. 
to give me the power of the cosmic eternal, which I thought that was kind of interesting because to my knowledge, the whole Jim Starlin cosmic and all that stuff hasn't hit Marvel yet. Oh, that is interesting. That's right. This is still what? 1974. Yeah, I think, yeah, late 1974. So I don't, I don't think that's, that quite has happened yet. So this, I mean, I know they had Silver Surfer and they talked about some cosmic power. I think maybe, maybe, uh, either, I'm not sure if Kirby did it in FF or if Lee and John Buscema did it in the the series Mm -hmm. proper Silver Surfer. But I just thought that was interesting. The the cosmic eternal, if they use that terminology. Yeah, I like (laughs) that. Dracula, show yourself, man. Dracula is sick of listening to some formless voice. (laughs) I demand freedom immediately and he looks really pissed in that panel close up there yes yeah black eyes with little red dots in the middle fangs bared he looks cool and this uh, voice says you demand dirt vampire you can have no demand (laughs) you can have no freedom not here in my lair is that understood prince of madness Mm -hmm. and dracula says you seek to rule me man but it shall do you little good once i am free of these bonds and this may lee comes over and says then you then you won't break free, vampire. Accept your fate, or the next time this cross will burn more than your face. And what about that panel? Holy crap. Yeah, she's smacking him with a crucifix. You can still see her gun, too, which is cool. And, uh, man, Dracula's taking a beating in these last couple issues. Uh, gets him right across the face, and you can see smoke coming off, tra- kind of trailing off where the crucifix hit him. And Dracula says, ah, dog of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. The, the voice, uh, unseen uh, a, a person here says, enough, May Lee. The vampire is secure. He will not escape unless we wish him to. And even then, the power of the chimera shall keep him ours. And I thought, well, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, again, Dracula's proven to be pretty tough and he's gotten out of some jams before. But whoever this person is seems to be pretty smart, pretty crafty. And then, you know, they have the chimera in their power as well that you would think would easily be able to keep Dracula at bay, if not kill him, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's full power too. It's the whole thing, all three pieces. So mm-hmm. I think Dracula's in trouble. Yeah, and this voice says, David Eschel, you seek the Chimera to avenge your father's death. I was his murderer, yet you shall never claim that vengeance. Sheila Whittier, you hope to touch the Chimera for just a moment. What unspoken desires possess you? Like, that sounds uh, kind of naughty there. I like that. <laughs> he says, the vampire and myself seek the statue for reasons far more base. We demand power. Forged more than 30,000 years ago on the island of Atlantis by the wizard Cthunda, the Chimera has the powers of the gods themselves breathe into it. A demonstration, perhaps? And he, he demonstrates it with, again, like, like we said, I, it, there's, it almost seems like whatever, like a genie here. Whatever you yeah. wish to happen will happen with you having the Chimera in your possession. So what does this unseen villain do here? He turns uh, Sheila against David. She just goes right up to him, smacks him, well, a couple times. She says, I hate you, David. I hate you. I want you dead. Do you understand that, David? I want you dead. And she's just beating the crap out of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he goes, for God's sake, Sheila, stop. Can't you see what's happening to yourself? She says, let go of me. I want to kill you. Damn you, I want to kill you. And (laughs) all of a sudden, that won't do you any good, girl. And David turns to this, Who? And it looks like his father is there alive. Now, you know, us as the reader, we can see there's kind of this smokiness and mm-hmm. all these different wild colors here that, you know, it's basically showing us that this isn't real, which, you know, obviously we can pretty much, you know, figure that out on our own. But, again, yeah. just to show us that, but, you know, the, the, the people involved in the actual comic here, 
this is very real to them, right? Yeah, this it starts getting wild at this point. Um, yeah, he sees his dad and he thinks it's him. He says alive, but and then and he's the father speaks, uh, Joshua. We'll get the names right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I teach you to question me, David? No, I taught you the ways of God, the ways of your ancestors. And what have you done with my teachings, my son? You believe them. So now he's like, oh man, <laughs> we we got some more like. Uh, getting in people's minds here <laughs> it's, it's yeah really marv cool. marv chose a really interesting uh you know way of going about this because you know the, this this uh it, what, what appears to be his father says you fool you idiot you believe that pack of lies i spread there yeah. is no god you young fool there is no supreme being i lied i lied <laughs> he goes stop it you're not my father you can't be him tell me who you are or i'll and he goes what can you hope to do to someone who you can't even grasp idiot and it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, this this person, uh, it just uh, you know like kind of fades away, like almost yeah. like Dracula when he turns to mist, laughing, but then reappears and uh, snatches the star of David off of his uh, neck as well. Mm-hmm. And he's still kind of tormenting him. He says, "And but watch as I touch you, as I wrench away the last fragments of your faith, as easily as I fed you those lies for your whole life." Try stopping me, fool. Try preventing me from destroying your faith with the flame from deepest hell. And David's losing his mind. He's just screaming, no, no, no. <clears throat> so I really like this. Yeah, he's, uh, Marv decided to go inward and, like, uh, have the attacks be sort of shaking this guy's faith. And, it, and it's working. He's down on his knees on the next panel. He yeah, says, this is Lord, great. don't let this be true. Please don't let this be true. So... Yeah, <laughs> and then and good old May Lee here with her pistol still in hand says yeah. she's a lefty too, which is awesome. I like that. And yeah. she says it needn't be David, not if you follow me. And he goes, I don't understand any of this madness. And she says, Madness sleeps with all of us, David. Only some accept it; others do not. Come with me, and it shall be explained. And she leads him into this room that's pitch dark, and says, He goes, but what about Sheila? I can't leave her here with that maniac. And he says, Does she truly matter? She betrayed you. She led you to that inhuman master of hers for him to destroy you. Just follow me, David, and trust me. Trust me. She says, this is as far as you go, David. And he goes, what? And she goes, the next step will be your final one. And she chucks oh, him down this, like, he's like down in a well or where the heck he is. But it is yeah. interesting that, you know, she chucks him down there. And when we see him, it, now he appears to be in just like a, like, a, like animal skin. And he's in yeah. some, like primordial like i don't even know where the heck he's supposed to be no it gets really weird at this point um and it looks like uh well it's so yeah he's down on his hands and knees and he says huh where am i what happened to me what and then behind him in the next panel uh you see some looks like fire Mm -hmm. And out of the fire comes a voice, and it says, David Eschel, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I have surely seen the affliction of thy mind, and I have summoned thee here to hear the words of God. And then David's kind of freaking out. He says, no, this can't be. It mustn't be. And then the fire says, I am I am not your God, David. So the, he keeps doing this thing where he, like, starts uh on a positive and then switches it on him so he says i am not your god david eschel there is no god there is nothing nothing i am satan david eschel satan (laughs) 
caressing you in the flames, the flaming hands of hell itself. So it's just getting wild. <laughs> yeah. And then we switch back to, you know, David is just, this is all happening in his mind and he is all just in still mind. in the room. Yeah. With Sheila and Dracula and everybody else. And Sheila says, David, there's no one here. Stop crying. Stop it. And he goes, what? But it was so real, so blasted real. And, uh, you know, Dracula, then it looks like he comes over to Sheila and says, you seek to coddle children, my dear. Is not a man of my stature more your liking? She goes, Vlad, but I thought. And he says, tush, tush, you are too delicate a creature to be wasting time with mere thinking, my darling. Come with me and let the grace and hospitality of Dracula serve you and shower you with a banquet most lavish, a love most unending. And she goes, love? And he starts like, you know, like he's going to start making out with her here. And you're just like, again, you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then, my God, where's (laughs) Sheila? What about those bottom three panels there? Great panel progression, too. Oh, man, it's great. Well, it starts at the top. It looks like something out of a romance comic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dracula's kind of got her in his arms, and he's bending over, and he's dipping down. Looks like he's going to give her a kiss, and he's whispering, you know, sweet words of (laughs) romance (laughs) and stuff. And yeah, then, then these last panels, you get the close-up of Sheila's face, sort of uh, swooning in ecstasy. But then the next one, yeah, oh well, you hear Dracula say, "Sheila, look at me, my love, look at me." And then the next panel is one wide eye and one eye in shadows, and she says, "What? Oh no, no!" And she's looking up, and you just see a skull laughing at her in Dracula's cape. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It freaks her out completely. So she just passes out and Dracula freaks out. He goes, Sheila, what have you done with her, madman? And he goes, we have done nothing, vampire. It is you that our aims are directed. And all of a sudden you hear Dracula turns and goes, you. Yeah. And we see Quincy and Saint. And <laughs> Quincy's walking and he says, correct, my old foe. I have taken special pains to find you, to trap you, and now to kill you. Now, this makes a little more sense that, you know, to put one over on Dracula here, which, you know, obviously Dracula, he's probably, well, not probably, he's he's the smartest guy in the room here, no doubt yeah. about it. He's been alive for, you know, 500 years or whatever, but, well, I yep. guess I shouldn't say alive. He's been kicking for 500 <laughs> years. <laughs> but, you know, again, he was, you know, there was a trap set and all this stuff. So for Quincy to come in and say, hey, I set this trap. So, okay, this does make a little bit more sense until we get to that final L-shaped panel. Right, that's that's when the uh, the cover comes into play because now we see all our our vampire slayers like teamed up coming at him, and Quincy says, "Turn and observe your slayers, Dracula." Taj Natal. He has to for some reason he has to introduce all of them. Uh, <laughs> Taj Natal from the Indian countryside, blade whose wooden knives will rip that inhuman heart from you. Frank Drake, your descendant, which is the best he can say about Frank. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and Rachel Van Helsing, who wants to slay you for a final everlasting time. And then uh, you get a voice and it says, you forget me, Harker. Am I not a threat as well? So all these people are coming, looks like out of a mist or something. And then you get, you turn the page, you get the next panel and Lilith, my daughter. So now we get Lilith back as well. Uh, and you're a murderer, dear, dear father. You are only my obstacle in the way of me, my becoming the queen of vampires. And again, so Dracula's a queen? Wait a minute. <laughs> That's what I was, Wait a minute. What's going on here? <laughs> like, I think you could probably go ahead and be queen of uh, the vampires. I don't, think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's standing in your way of that, but hey, no. you, you, you never know. 
she goes, and I mean to do away with you now. And then, you know, the blade throws a knife and hits him in the chest and uh, an yep. arrow, you know, basically, like we said, the whole uh, cover happens here in a couple of pages. E- even Frank gets a good shot in. So that's, that's how we know this is a ruse right there. It's over. <laughs> that's right. Frank, that's Frank exactly would never. Right. <laughs> it's all an illusion. Frank actually mm-hmm. did something right. No, he, he did something useful. Yeah, forget it. But I do like that panel where uh, Frank, Taj, and Rachel are laughing about how they've you know killed him here. You see that? That's great. Mm-hmm. That panel. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. Yeah, their faces are priceless. <laughs> and then uh, this is what gives it away. You know, whoever his tormentor is here makes a mistake here. Taj cannot talk. He is mute. But yep. he looks at Dracula and says, I have waited long for this moment, vampire, so very long. And he's trying to put a stick to his heart. And Dracula says, you talk, but that's impossible. You're a mute, totally mute. Harker cannot walk, yet now he does. Drake is no longer in England. And I thought, oh, man, he should have been like, Drake is a big wussy. He could never yeah. do this. <laughs> that would have been much better, yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. And he goes, someone is playing me for a fool, but no more. So Dracula figures it out here. Yeah. And then it's like, okay. You know, I, I'm going to try to, uh, you know, get to the Chimera. So he kind of does. He, he gets over to it, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's able to get to the Chimera. And as he does, you hear this, too late, too late. He's broken through the screen. I can no longer remain here, no longer risk my being. Farewell, fools. Destroy him, destroy him for your master. Destroy him. And we see a couple of Asian dudes with machine guns, yep. and they come in, and, you know, they say, what? There's no one here, no one but soldiers. And it's Dracula. And he says, then Harker and the rest were illusions, but created by whom? Whom? And he goes, the Asian guy with the machine gun says, stand where you are, vampire. We still have orders to slay you. And another one says, no, don't be an idiot. The master's fled. He's left us here to die. You don't want to die, do you? And the other one goes, Howard, we pledged ourselves to the master. (laughs) And the other guy says, and he left us here. Do we owe allegiance to a master such as that? And it's like, he's making some good points here. I think I'd get out of there, too. Yep, totally. Yeah, that guy's got his head squarely on his shoulders. <laughs> Although, if this was in 2023 and this paid well and had a really good insurance plan, maybe maybe you should yeah. stay. To, try to, <laughs> just true. just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, May Lee is still there. And for some reason, she doesn't have the gun anymore, but she's got a knife. And she says, yeah. you are all fools, all cowards. Yes, our master fled. His life is of most importance or utmost importance, but I am still his faithful servant. And she grabs Sheila and puts the knife to her throat like she's going to kill her and says, mm-hmm. uh, for the statue and the power you hold in your hands, decide, vampire, you have ten seconds. And uh, I love Dracula's response. He says, indeed, there is insanity rampant here. You truly expect me to give you the ultimate power for the life of a mere mortal? Even one I do care somewhat for. No, girl. Threats will not work with me, especially as long as I hold this chimera in my hands. But now, woman, you must be punished. And he doesn't use the chimera here. But he uses, you know, his, uh, you know, uh, vampire, you know, whammy here to yeah. hypnotize her. And it, he, what does he do with Bay Lee here? Oh, this is great. So she's got the knife up to uh, Sheila's throat. And then Dracula says, now do what you know you must. Now do it now. And she takes the knife and she just sticks it right in her own chest, it looks like. While oh. Dracula laughs. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and then the poor soldiers, uh, a couple of them still stuck around here. And he says, so it, so ends it all. And the Asian guy here, the soldier says, not so, vampire. You must not be allowed to live after all this has been done. And Dracula, what? You yeah. dare seek battle with me after all that you've seen? 
your master trains his lackeys well. I love the word lackeys. Yeah. <laughs> so he just jumps on the first guy, bites the crap out of him, and drinks his blood. And, yes. again, during all this, nobody else has the wherewithal to do anything, and there's a chimera sitting there. So he mm-hmm. picks it up, and he goes, it is time to leave now, Sheila. Come. Together we shall prepare for my incoming victory. And uh, she says, or he says, of course that boy of yours must uh, be done away with but he will soon be forgotten when a world lies in waiting at your feet. And she says, Dracula? And he goes, yes, my dear. I hate you. I hate you. And what happens next? (laughs) She grabs it, uh, and it's an instance of Dracula being just a little too cocky, I think, because he he thinks he's Mm -hmm. won and everything's fine, and that he still thinks that she's into him. But uh, she just turns and grabs the chimera out of his hand and, throws it against the wall, and it smashes into little pieces. And she says, even if I must die, I can't let you have this fool thing. I can't. And uh, that's great. Dracula's like, Sheila, stop. Mm. You mustn't. But no, it's the chimera's destroyed. Apparently. Mm. <laughs> I guess oh, he just throw it against the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very fragile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dracula says, you idiot. Why did you do that? Why? And even uh, David's pissed, too. He says, that statue was mine. Mm -hmm. Sheila, you had no right. And she makes a good point here. She says, stop it. For God's sake, both of you, stop it. You're both insane, both mad. And God help me. I think I'm just crazy. Just leave me alone. Do you understand that? Leave me alone. And Dracula's pissed. And he says, you're my servant, woman. I demand an explanation. And she says, I'm not your servant or anyone else's. And I pity you for thinking I am. And he goes, I want no pity, female. Just explanations. (laughs) And she says, I did what I had to do. The statue was too powerful, too blasted powerful for anyone, for David, and especially for you. And she says, I thought I loved you, Vlad. Maybe because you saved me were beside me when I needed someone there. But I was blind not to see what you truly are and ignore what you did. And she says, David, and he put her in a, she says, goodbye, Vlad. Keep Castle Dunwick. Do what you wish with it. It's yours now. I need it no longer. Goodbye, my almost love. I pity you. Truly do. And Dracula wigs out here. Yeah, I love this ending, actually. And I I feel for him a little. I gotta say, I know he's supposed to be the villain, but yeah, we're coming to this comic to read about Dracula. <laughs> so, yeah, they're walking away together, and uh, he says, who needs your damnable pity, woman? Just return to me at once. I demand you return to me. And he's trying to Dracula her <laughs> and, uh, and it's not working they're just walking away he says did you hear me woman I am your master your master you can't leave me unless I tell you to you can't leave your master and and these are like four panels and they're getting farther away they're like going through some curtains and then the final panels Dracula just sort of deflated and he says you can't you can't but they did, and they're gone, and he kind of ended on that. Like, Dracula can't mm-hmm. believe what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they've ever ended an issue like this before, where not that Dracula looks defeated as in, you know, he's roped up and somebody's going to stake him in the physical mm-hmm. manner, but defeated, like, you know, emotionally and mentally here like this. I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think so either. This, I think this is the first time we've seen it, and it really works, and the way Gene draws him in those four panels because you see the uh you know his head just sort of droop he starts out proud you know commanding dracula and by that end panel he's just sort of drooping over and uh in shadows it's great i 
I really love that ending, I got to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really good. Again, you know, sometimes if you look at this from a little bit further back, it almost seems like it's just a, a Scooby-Doo episode, except, you know, it's Dracula every time at the end instead of, you know, a, a clown or, you know, a, <laughs> right. a Yeti or something. But yeah. honestly, Marv does a really good job with just changing up the scenery, the mood, you know, Gene Colan, his, uh, his, uh, right, or I'm sorry, his artwork here as well. It just, they, they do more than enough from issue to issue, story to story to keep you wanting to come back to see what is going to happen. It's just fantastic comic. Totally. It's top notch. Yeah. It's not like, uh, uh, you know, as much as I love this is probably going to sound sacrilegious as, <laughs> as much as I love the hammer movies and the hammer Dracula movies. Um, I mean, it's kind of basically the same thing over and over. Well, mm-hmm. until maybe the last two when they bring up, up into modern times, but this comic is all over the place, and and I mean that in a good way, because yeah, Marv's really doing some uh, super original stuff. I think it's top notch. Mm-hmm. Yep, completely agree with you there. And it's it's interesting too because next up is actually the next giant size, uh, giant size three, which is uh, pretty wonky too. I can't wait to talk about that one because uh, <laughs> it, it kind of mirrors uh, the second one where you get you know uh, a chelm. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Catherine here, she's back again. And then okay. <laughs> some other kind of uh, crazy supernatural force that's uh, at odds with Dracula again. It's, it sounds like it's just a repeat of Giant Size 2. But, again, they change location and things like that enough that it, it's it's enough in the change department there where uh, you'll you'll like it. And every, everybody that reads it would like it, too. Hopefully there's some people reading along with us. And then, uh, yeah. you know, issue issue 29 is, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's more of a uh, – a, 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 a prologue, or not a prologue, a, uh, <laughs> a, a like a, a little uh, ending to you know what went on with uh, Sheila and David. So I, I really, you know, it's kind of like a wrap up of that. I can't wait to get to that. So you know, awesome. we'll uh, actually wrap that up, and then you know something totally new starts out in issue thirty. Um, you know, and I don't mean like you know we won't see any of the people around anymore, like uh, yes. you know the vampire hunters or anything like that. They'll still be around as well, but. There's some uh, totally new stuff going on as of that one. But, yeah, I can't wait to get to the next giant size and then to, uh, you know, wrap up uh, the the real ending with uh, David and Sheila here in Dracula. It's it's fantastic. So, but that's, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Two two solid issues, right? Yeah, I love those. Those are really good. It just keeps getting better and better, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. This is, when you have a team like this with Wolfman and Colin, that's why this comic is so revered. It, it does stand the test of time. It's mm-hmm. it's still, for me, just as good now when I read it as it was the first time I read it. It's really, really good stuff. Yeah, it's great fun. The, you get It's a cool mix of, like, ridiculous comic book stuff, but also, like, some moments of, like, true horror, and uh, especially with Gene drawing it. Oh, man, looks so great. But... Um, like we've mentioned, even these last couple issues, you're getting some uh, character arcs for Dracula. You know, he's not just a bloodthirsty vampire. He's got he's got some inner turmoil once in a while. Yeah, I mean, he's really developing that character, uh, you know, and some of the other characters as well. You know, we're learning more about them as well. So there's, you know, they're moving forward with them. The only one that's you know kind of stagnant and just continually being a buffoon is Frank. So that's just <laughs> no. Don't don't worry. It's, Frank's not going to turn over a new leaf and become something else. It's a, sorry, sorry to give it away there, but it's just not going to happen. 
He's just a, an, an eternal boob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that actually makes me happy. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's uh, going to wrap things up for us here. But, uh, you know, if uh, someone out here listening uh, in the podcast land wants to uh, find you and uh, follow you and see what you're all about, where can they look? Yeah, mostly you can find me um, at Scott M. West 69 on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's my writer account and I've been hyping this book for, I don't know how many episodes now, but I've got, my new book is, uh, ready to come out. So you can look for that. Um, it's a collection of short stories. It's called strange stories for weird people and you can find it on Amazon. And, uh, while you're there, check out my novel ghosts on the highway as well. And I appreciate it very much. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, like you said, you were you trying to get that guy out for a while there, and there were some, you know, little uh, roadblocks. But, yeah, that's awesome to hear that uh, everybody can get out there and order it now. And I'll have a link in uh, the show notes for all that kind of stuff, your social media, and for both of your books as well, man. So, yeah, fantastic. So good news. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back, you know, in a, in a month's time to uh, knock out, like I said, Giant Size 3 and issue number 29. Anybody out there uh, reading along, following along. And, can't wait to get to those it's going to be a blast (laughs) cool yeah me too looking forward to it all right well we're going to get out of here uh, and that's wrapping things up and i'll be back in just a second uh, after a quick break to wrap up the show this is tokyo once a city of six million people what has happened here was caused by a force which up until a few days ago was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters? Or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. wraps up this episode once again i want to thank scott for being on the show definitely uh check out you know his uh twitter page there and definitely check out his book on amazon i'm not quite sure if his latest book is going to be out by the time you hear this recording it might still be delayed a little bit uh so definitely uh check uh, his twitter page it's at scott m west or at scott m west 69 check those pages out because i think it might still be kind of uh in the midst of uh, coming out yet, not quite out yet, but really close. 
but uh, I know we talk about it sometimes in our episodes in the wrap up there, but definitely check there first on his Twitter page. And then you can even go to Amazon and just search his name, Scott West, you know, author, and you can see what pops up there, but definitely check it out and give him a follow on social media. And as always, thanks for listening. Thank you.